Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. Changing your past. You may be confused about the subject of this podcast. If you listen to prior podcasts or know anything about the model I've taught you created by Brooke Castillo, then you know that anything in the past is a circumstance which means that it can't be changed. Anything from a minute ago today, all the way until you back when you were born, it's all a part of our past and can't be changed, right? Or can it? The only thing I have absolutely changed about my past is my beliefs about my past. This is possible and necessary and has been healing for me, but how did I do this? At one point, I realized that many of my marriage issues stemmed from my past. I'd experienced pain, hurt, or even trauma in past relationships. But those things that happened were not the main cause of my pain. Can you guess what the main cause of my pain was? It was that I, what I believed about myself because of what happened. That was the cause of most of my pain. These experiences led me to believe that I was unlovable. I felt broken in some ways. I even came to realize that I subconsciously felt unworthy of healthy relationships. When I I examined my past, I realized that I had created unhealthy coping mechanisms to handle problems in my marriage. I vacillated between people-pleasing instead of following my heart and becoming defensive about small things that, that didn't even really matter. I was trying to protect myself so I didn't get treated poorly again. Often, even while young, we come up with unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with these troubling experiences. Another term for this is buffering. There are innumerable buffers that help us in the short term. They work and that's why we use them and return to them again and again. But we now know that buffers are just coping mechanisms to feel better and help us to avoid our emotional pain. I'm not going to talk about all the buffers since I discussed them on another podcast, but I will give you a few examples of buffering if you didn't hear that podcast. And these are the most common that I hear. Many of us buffer by overeating, oversleeping, overworking, over shopping, over drinking, being overly critical of others or becoming overly angry. Some overuse technology to escape. This is only a very limited example of all the buffers that I see that we use to cope and some that I have used myself. Myself, When we buffer, we create a net negative in our lives and we give up a piece of our lives and a part of ourselves to cope with the problems of our past and present ones we are dealing with right now. The problem is that buffering creates even more problems for our future. What are your unhealthy coping mechanisms? As you look at your go-to buffers, you're always giving something up to keep them. Maybe you are overworking to escape issues in your marriage. I coach many stay-at-home moms who are in a constant state of cleaning, working, busying, and checking off to-do lists in their role as mother and wife. 
They give up self-care and self-love. They give up happiness. They give up enjoying present moments with their family. And they often give up contentment. Other women and men have careers that present a different environment, but the same sort of hamster wheel. Overworking in their jobs instead of overworking in their homes. They create the same escape, but in a different place. Both kinds of overwork are often a result of trying to prove ourselves and both to ourselves and others that we're worthy. We're trying to find confidence by working from the outside in, and we miss out on all the things that matter most to us. So to stop buffering in any way, we need to start allowing our emotions instead of using coping mechanisms to avoid them. Hop off the hamster wheel of trying to prove your worth and drop into the space of being worthy from the inside out. This requires doing the spiritual work of changing our thoughts and feelings, which is our minds and our hearts around our identity. The awesome byproduct is that then our actions and results we want in our lives come a lot easier once we've done that spiritual work with our mind and our heart. In President Nelson's talk called Get Let God Prevail, he mentions that each of us needs to pray to know our divine potential. We must come to the realization that we have 100% worth, 100% value, that we are 100% whole through Christ. All of us are equal in value, and the implications of these truths are profound if we really do the spiritual work to believe them. God does not love any of us more than another. Our standing isn't determined by what happened or didn't happen in our past. We didn't lose favor with God by anything that happened to us. We didn't lose our worth when someone else mistreated us or neglected us. We also didn't lose our worth when we did things we shouldn't have done. Christ made it possible to heal from all that, all that was done to us and all that we've done. And if we just turn to him, he can fix it all. That's how we can be made whole through Christ. The work I've done on my past has been valuable and healing. What I did was I looked at the experiences in my past that weren't as good as I wish they had been. I first looked at what others had done to me. When someone had mistreated me, instead of thinking of myself as a victim with self-pity and anger towards them, I did the healing work of rewriting my experience. I decided to think of myself as the hero in what is now part of my story. I thank myself for getting through it. I had compassion for myself for not handling it perfectly. I felt sympathy for myself. And I imagined what the other person must have been going through for them to treat me the way they did. I feel sympathy for them as well. We get to believe whatever we want. And this is the way we change our past. I started to look at my most painful experiences in a totally new way. I discovered a healthy, different perspective. I rewrote my past. I remembered what had happened, and then I chose to believe that I conquered. I got through that challenge. I didn't let it ruin me. I didn't let it destroy me. I pushed through it, and I learned from it, and I grew from it. I believe now that this is part of the refining process I had to pass through to create a more Christ-like version of myself. And boy, am I still working and am a work in progress. If you have a lot of negative stories from your past, try looking for evidence of the strength you had to get through. Congratulate yourself on coming out of that experience a stronger and a more capable person. Feel gratitude that you came out of it with more compassion for others and their difficult journeys. 
you really can imagine yourself as the victor of your story. If you can't see it right now, ask God to remind you of who you are and what you've accomplished by going through what you have. Be open to what he tells you. Don't immediately shut it down. He's trying to help you see things as they really are. He's trying to show you who you really are. Second, I looked for where I really messed up in my past. When I could, I apologized to people I hurt. Even if they didn't accept my apology, I did the right thing. I decided who I wanted to be and how I wanted to act. And then I apologized. I forgive myself. I give myself grace and I choose to think better thoughts about myself around the experience. I can't change what I did in the past, but I can change my beliefs about the past. So just talking about real time and real relationships and real marriages, I had a moment today, in fact, that I had to do this work. And like I said, from this moment to two seconds before, that's our past. Now we can't change it. And I was not in the best frame of mind this morning. Um, I told my husband that I scratched the truck yesterday. I went with the grandkids and some of my children and we put the paddle boards in the back of the truck. And I had to, um, like use this system to tighten the paddle boards. And I really am not very good at it. My husband usually does it, but he didn't come yesterday. So when I threw the thing over to adjust and tighten the boards, it scratched up the truck and he was not happy about it. And he said stuff like, well, I'm guessing I'm going to have to have so-and-so try to fix it. And then I like got really defensive. And this happens a lot of times because in our marriage, we've had a lot of issues with me damaging the car in some way. And my husband getting really mad about that. He really, really cares about the cars and what they look like and whether they have a dent or a scratch or things like that. His family is just, they grew up way different than I did. We always drove beaters. Nobody cared much about the car as long as it drove where you needed it to go. And that's kind of my philosophy is like, Hey, we were having fun. We were doing what I wanted to do. I want the truck to be a thing that I can use and enjoy and not be stressing the whole time that it's going to have some kind of damage that I'm going to be in trouble for. So anyway, that was what the argument looked like. And I kind of was saying like, you worry about your car that you drive and I'll worry about mine kind of thing. And it wasn't very nice. So anyway, later in the day, I not very much later because I've learned, I just don't want to be who I don't want to be anymore. And I would rather eat my words and say, sorry, and apologize than, than not. And so really probably less than an hour later, I talked to him about it. And I just said, I'm sorry for being mean. And he also apologized for being upset about his feelings about the truck. And, and it was really quick and we're in a really good spot. So that's what it looks like now but it's still a work in progress. I mean, we still have issues. We still have to work through stuff, but I have just learned that God is really quick to forgive as soon as I want to do better. And I need to be quick to forgive others and myself. And the quicker I can turn back to light and truth, the better. And really the light and truth in the situation is we were raised totally differently and it's okay to really take good care of your cars and want them to not, um, get any scratches or dings and it's okay to not care too. And it's okay to not one of us be right. And one of us be wrong. 
favor or disfavor with God is not dependent on what you've done or not done. Your devotion to God and his commandments is what creates favor and blessings from God. So we only have today and forward. So let's capitalize on that. Today is a new day and it's a little better version of us. I've learned that I'd rather just create who I want to be in real time instead of having to look at my past constantly and try to change my beliefs and thoughts around it. It's way easier to just do the work right now, but it takes humility and it's hard to do. Creating thoughts of worthiness and wholeness take practice and work. Doing the work to love myself is one of the hardest things I've ever done. I created self-confidence that can't be taken away from me. And it comes from the inside me. It doesn't change based on what's happening in my actions and behaviors that still aren't going to be great a lot of the time. My worth isn't based on that. It's based on what I choose to believe and then feel about me. Create what you want spiritually first and practice these thoughts daily. You will construct a solid vision of yourself, which will filter into your marriage as well. Did you know that your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and what you visualize? So use this to your advantage. Practice visualizing who you are and who you want to be. I often, I like I've told you, I believe that our subconscious thoughts in the morning and when we're just waking up and at night when we're just going to sleep are our best time to try to practice the daily thoughts that we want to remember and to believe about ourselves. So often at the end of the day, I've already told you, I just say a prayer of thanks every single evening. And then I do my prayer of like the things that I feel like I really need in the morning, but in the evening, I just do a prayer of thanks. And then I just look back on my day and I try to do a do-over in my brain of all the things. So the thank yous are just, I look through my whole day and I try to thank heavenly father for all the things that he blessed me for that day. So that's my prayer. I just go back in my day and I visualize like what that was. And then my, um, do over is just, I look at, Hmm, maybe I could have changed this or this or this. And I, I try to visualize how I would have done it differently in my mind. Like, what would that have looked like? What of that, what would that have looked like? Could that have looked a little bit different? What would I actually be doing and saying, and who would I be being in those situations that weren't quite as good as I would have liked them to be? Just know that when we have lots of fear and anxiety and stress related to our marriage or other relationships, it is coming from Satan, not God. Fear is always coming from Satan. That's why God is always saying, have faith, believe in me, look to me, trust. So faith, confidence, belief, commitment, determination, love, compassion, all these positive emotions come from God. You get to choose what you want to believe about all of it. You get to believe whatever you want. You can believe it's terrible that your marriage is terrible, or you can start to find evidence for the good in your marriage and in your relationship. What you focus on will always increase. So start working on a healthy mindset about your past and a positive mindset mindset about today and your future. What does your future mar marriage look like? You can visualize, you can start to see yourself acting and behaving and your husband acting and behaving or your spouse in a different way. Base your self-confidence on your evaluation of yourself today, not on the past or what others have said or what they think, 
Ask God what he believes about you. If you base your confidence on today, in the present moment, and what you plan to create in the future, you will be able to envision what you want as opposed to what you don't want. This is a healthy mindset, a learning mindset, a growth mindset. You will start to understand your true identity and your divine potential. And this will help you see the truth about your spouse and their true identity and their divine potential as well. I believe that true confidence can come from within and can only come from within. The best part about this is that no situation that happens can take this confidence away from me. It is truth to my core. It is so freeing to know that no matter what happens or what anyone else thinks, I can think great thoughts about me and I can think great thoughts about others. One of my favorite coaches, Jody Moore, she says, I love to say to my kids, I just love you and you can't do anything about it. And you can do the same. I just love you to your spouse and you can't do anything about it. The more highly I choose to think about myself, the easier it is for me to think highly of others. As I love myself better, I love others so much better. That is why the second great commandment is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If we don't love ourselves, it's almost impossible to love the way we need to love others. So some of you are in marriages right now where you're not being treated as you should. Adopt this thought by President Nelson for yourself as a healthy way to think. And I quote, If you're married to a companion who has broken his or her covenants, your willingness to let God prevail in your life will allow your covenants with God to remain intact. The Savior will heal your broken hearts. The heavens will open as you seek to know how to move forward. You do not need to wander or wonder. Isn't that amazing? President Nelson is telling you that you are whole and fine regardless of what your spouse may or may not be doing. The savior can heal you. President Nelson continues in a different part of this talk. When your greatest desire is to let God prevail, so many decisions become easier. Many issues become non-issues. That has happened in my marriage. You know best how to groom yourself. You know how to what to watch and read. You know where to spend your time and with whom to associate. You know what you want to accomplish. You know the kind of person you really want to become. And then he says, my dear brothers and sisters, it takes both faith and courage to let God prevail. It takes persistence, rigorous spiritual work to repent and to put off the natural man through the atonement of Jesus Christ. It takes consistent daily effort to develop personal habits, to study the gospel, to learn more about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and to seek and respond to personal revelation. I have been able to do a lot better at the things he just talked about as I have done models on my brain, on my thoughts throughout the day. I see where I could think differently and where I can repent and move on. Just like what happened with the truck thing earlier today. It's a daily thing. Like the prophet says it can be. As always, seek and expect miracles in your life. Be open to where you can see God's hand and thank him. Today, I am most grateful of a savior who died so that I can make as many mistakes as I will make and everything will still be okay. We'll see you next week, guys. Hope you have the best week.